Singe, Singe, Zinger. You're listening to Zinger Network at zingernetwork.com. Welcome to Business or Pleasure. This is Cleo Constantine. And this is Susanna Gabrielli. And today we're going to be talking about sex work and dating. We're going to be talking to someone who's dating a sex worker and also talking about what it is like to date a sex worker. How is it different to dating someone who's not a sex worker? What are the assumptions? Mm. Yeah, people have a lot of problematic assumptions around um, sex workers and dating in our private lives. People tend to either categorize us into either being very hypersexual and slutty and doing this job because we love having tons of sex. So total nymphomaniacs. (laughs) Nymphomaniacs. Or um, people imagine us as having so much laborious sex that we don't want to have that's forced upon us that we're absolutely too burnt out in our private lives for a sex life of our own. Total assumptions projected onto Mm -hmm. us. Yeah, people are naturally very curious about our sex lives and what would drive us to do this job since it is so stigmatized. Even before I started, I was really curious to know would doing this job affect my sex drive negatively? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear stories. And of course it does. I think doing sex work does have an impact on our private sexual lives, but we'll talk about that in a, in a bit. Mm-hmm. People also assume that it's going to be really hard for us to find people who will date us. Yeah. It's obviously totally whorephobia in that statement that, you know, we, we're, totally undateable undateable unlovable Mm -hmm. unlovable and that yeah nobody you know people might be attracted to us but nobody won't want to be with someone who is a hooker Mm. especially not in a monogamous relationship yeah and also you know latent in this assumption is this kind of almost christian or puritanical fetishization of purity and monogamy that i think is still present in the way that most people imagine relationships Um, There is still this kind of gender dynamic where men are really, you know, men might be sluts in their personal lives, but they really want to like settle down and date a woman who's only going to have sex with them or who's almost like virginal. Likewise, women want to kind of distance themselves from this idea that they're like a whore or like a slut or Mm -hmm. kind of like sexually loose. And I think it's important to note that married clients would probably make up the majority of clients, I would say. And yet I don't feel that a client feels that seeing sex workers is in contrast to his monogamous relationship. Like I think that um, prostitution has existed for probably longer than even monogamy has. Mm -hmm. And this is not seen as incompatible with patriarchal constructs of monogamy at all which is kind of you know problematic in its own way because it means that clients often and this is true this is an unfortunate reality that often clients don't see sex workers as women and they don't feel that they're cheating um, because a prostitute is not a a dateable woman yeah it's it's yeah it's safer mm-hmm. there is a great deal of of stigma around the idea of sex workers trying to have you know a private um life and a relationship of their own and people tend to react quite strongly to the idea of a sex worker seeking a relationship like a serious relationship definitely seeking a monogamous a monogamous relationship. A lot of um, a lot of sex workers' dating accounts get deleted if they have anything on their profile saying that they're a sex worker because the assumption is is that they're soliciting on that site, mm-hmm. and it, it ties into this idea that there's no way you could just be looking for a relationship. Exactly. So. 
Yeah, we're going to address some of that stigma today. And a great example of how people react to the idea of sex workers having a relationship or, you know, dating um, is this tweet that Cleo wrote a couple months ago. Yeah, my five minutes of fame. Yeah, which resulted actually from a conversation we had on the phone. Um, so the tweet, if you missed it, it had like 13 and a half thousand likes at one point, but then it dropped down a thousand. How did it drop down? Because they deleted all those fake accounts on Twitter. I was <laughs> so sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was my brief brush with fame 12 and a half thousand likes and oh how many comments did I have like 400 or something and so my tweet was I could never date a sex worker and I was replying you're right we're very attractive charismatic independent emotionally evolved wise and great at sex you could never date a sex worker and then the response was that's not what I meant and then I said shh you could never date a sex worker <laughs> <laughs> Which is obviously kind of like, a, you know, a sassy and confrontational response to people who think that we are undateable, mm -hmm. you know, and being like, of course you couldn't date one of us, you know, we're good looking, we're good at sex, we're smart, you know, this is kind of like a empowered retaliation. I think we're all pretty well aware of our appeal because like our job is to be cool and for people to want to spend time with us and to drop serious cash to want to spend time with us and sexy and entertaining. So I think we're all quite well aware of our appeal. And I think that people find that really threatening. Mm -hmm. But um, I think what, oh God, I mean, this tweet just brought up so many. Why did, why did you write the tweet? Do you want to talk about? Yeah, sure. I was, I was dating a guy back in March or February and I was struggling with being in a polyamorous relationship or at least how this relationship was polyamorous. And I said that I thought that maybe I wanted to be monogamous. And the guy that I was dating responded by saying, is that really fair considering your job? Is it, fa is it fair for you to ask for a monogamous relationship from a partner given what you do for work? Exactly. Mm -hmm. I was quite shocked and I definitely felt that he thought that I should have lower standards because of what I do for work. And obviously I was extremely insulted and totally ended that relationship. Mm. Um, Zuzu and I were talking about it and that the assumption that I should be desperate for a relationship is just absolutely absolutely not the case at or all. That, yeah, or that you wouldn't be able to ask someone to be monogamous or that you, you wouldn't be able to have that boundary for yourself. Like... Mm. It demonstrates that he has no respect for your job as legitimate work, that he obviously kind of puts you in this category of just being hypersexual. And that's why you are a sex worker, because you're just kind of like a hypersexual person. So it would not be then fair for you to ask your partner to not also be hypersexual when in reality there is such a you know division between sex we have at work and sex we have in our private lives. Yeah I, I wanted to say that because the responses that I got to this tweet was so many people saying well I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with a sex worker because I wouldn't want to be in an open relationship and I think that how everybody engages in an open relationship or polyamory is different but Personally, I'm not interested in a dynamic where I'm dating, having to go on lots of dates and, and 
be on OkCupid and Tinder and constantly like meeting people and dating people and having group sex and stuff like this. I'm just not interested. It's just not my style. I, I think that I'm just being honest. I would prefer to be in a relationship that has much more exclusivity to it. And I don't feel that that is incompatible with my job because my job is just a job. Mm. The sex that I have at work is is much more boundaried than the dynamic of being in a polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm. And we kind of spoke about this before um, in our last episode, but when we have sex at work, the reason why we don't just date clients is because when we walk into a booking, you know, our primary goal and aim is to make sure that this client has a good time. You know, that's our job. That's what we're being paid for. And all of our instincts, like our behavior is kind of geared towards having a uh, positive consensual experience, you know, that is great sex, but it's, we are not taking into account our own desires and, you know, authentic needs in that moment so much, you know, not to say that we're being fake, but we are so geared towards creating a positive experience for this client. Like you said before, we're not going to be, you know, complaining about getting a ticket on the U-Bahn in, in session, you know, we're not going to just stay in our pajamas and kind of like want to watch a movie or something like, you know, as much as, I love my job and everything I do is consensual, et cetera. I, I don't feel I should have to preface that, but I I do try to work out quickly what a client wants and then deliver that fantasy to them. Exactly. It's very similar to being a very small scale theater production mm-hmm. of one one person is in the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just to say like that sex we have at work does not necessarily count as us being in a polyamorous relationship, you know, because those are not necessarily our own needs, our own desires, our own conquests. <laughs> no shade on anyone who wants that. Yeah, a lot. And you know what? Lots of sex workers are in polyamorous relationships and that totally works for them. Um, but what we're really trying to get at here is that it's not inappropriate for us to have boundaries around the sex we have in our private lives and to imagine that a partner would want to be exclusive and monogamous with us. And I think The thing that this job has given me above all is an extremely strong sense of boundaries Mm -hmm. because obviously it's what keeps me safe at work and I think that this job has has imparted that to me in my personality in real life is that if something isn't working for me, I'm very comfortable asserting my boundaries. Mm -hmm. So Cleo got tons of hate mail from this tweet. This tweet totally blew up. It seemed like everybody had an opinion about this. My fucking phone was going off like a Hitachi, like for hours. I had to put it on flight mode. It was absolutely shocking. Like I was reading some of the tweets out to some of the replies out to my friend who's not a sex worker. And she was like shocked. I think we were all shocked. It's like we knew that you were being sassy, you were being, you know, confident, you were kind of like flipping the narrative on someone, you know, not wanting to date a sex worker and us being like, of course you couldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a chance with us. But just that little bit of attitude and kind of like self confidence and almost like cockiness but you know like had such an effect on people people were just outraged I mean I definitely feel that everyone is threatened by a woman full stop with confidence and cockiness and someone who projects I don't need you for anything perhaps I might want you but I don't need you and especially a woman who doesn't need external validation is very threatening Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that when whenever you project that 
I think especially men want to take you down. But what I noticed a lot with the replies was that a lot of the men were expressing that they would feel insecure to have a partner who was doing this type of work, mm-hmm. that they would feel threatened that their partner was getting sexually satisfied elsewhere mm-hmm. and that they expected their partner to process their feelings around that. And personally, I was responding very in a very sassy manner mm-hmm. that I just don't have time for that. It's I'm just of the belief that if somebody has problems with my job, I would be entering into a really unhealthy dynamic if I was to be constantly assuaging their doubts, mm-hmm. to be constantly like, no, like, this doesn't mean anything to me. Oh, exhausting. I, I hate having sex at work. Exhausting. Oh, exhausting, exactly. And if you have this much trouble dating a sex worker and need them to process your emotions to that extent, you're just not compatible. Mm-mm. And you also, beyond that, you need to examine your own biases and uh, stigma because obviously it's clear that you don't see sex work as work. Yeah. And you're letting your male ego get in the way of that. Or, you know, not necessarily male. Also, I think women could... Anyone's ego. But yeah, people, you know, people responded so strongly. They were, you know, and this kind of happens on Twitter a lot, but they were calling us prostitutes, princesses, like trying to basically tear us down, saying, you know, you suck dick for cash. I know. And I found that so hilarious. I was like, when someone's like, you suck dick for cash, I was like, is that what I'm doing? (laughs) Deary me, heavens. People really feel the need to just kind of like tear us down and tear down our self-confidence, which is really... The hilarious thing is, is that the more you insult me, the cockier I get. Yeah, same. It's just like a reality. The more people try and tear us down, the more confident and self-assured we become. Because we realize that obviously if we're making you feel threatened, then that means that we're becoming more powerful. And I think we do feel quite powerful and <laughs> and self-assured and confident, you know, and our relationship obviously is very helpful um, for making us feel this way. And, you know, when insecure men on the internet try and tear down our confidence we actually just become more beautiful and smart and and my titties get bigger somehow I don't know how it works so yeah for anyone who's listening and is tempted to write us some nasty messages just know that you're actually like contributing to our immortality and um I know the two of us will be hunched over the phone like cackling True. So, yeah, actually, it is possible for sex workers to date, and we do it all the time. And actually, we're in quite high demand, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest. I mean, obviously, our job is to be charismatic, cool, and sexy. Like, of course, we're in high demand in real life, too. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that sex work does have an impact on my personal life. And I think it has an impact on lots of workers' personal lives. But both of us, you know, we were talking about it, and we both agree that For the most part, it has been a positive impact. I think like for both of us, our standards have become so high because... And that is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I think that sex work has really made me... uh, We deserve high standards. Yeah. I feel um, I can see through manipulation very fucking quickly now for one thing. My boundaries are much higher and my standards are higher. Boundaries are so much better. 
-hmm. I think we practice boundaries all the time at work, Mm -hmm. you know, so that we're not taking advantage of. Why would we not apply the same principle in our personal lives? Exactly. I think we we don't tolerate disrespect or time wasting or excessive demands from our partners. I think doing this job has made us really aware of things like emotional labor. And how much is going one way or the other? Like if you're doing excessive emotional labor for your partner, I'm very aware of that now. It starts to feel like work. Mm -hmm. That's really present in a lot of heterosexual relationships, I think. Women do end up doing a lot of emotional labor, um, and that's just a result of you know, the patriarchy and men not being told that they can process their emotions or understanding the emotions and then women end up doing this emotional work. Or that they can process their emotions with their male friends. It puts us in that role that that women are often doing it for them, usually. And um, that can be, you know, quite laborious and I think a responsibility that we're not so likely to take on, you know, without knowing and trusting someone really well we're very selective I think in who we give our time and attention to I think as well a pattern that I found myself in before I started sex work was getting into these extremely emotionally fraught relationships with what I thought were really sensitive men that were opening up to me and making themselves vulnerable but now on the other side of sex work I now realize I was just being used for one-sided emotional labor Mm mm-hmm Sex work has taught me that. Mm -hmm. I think we just enter into relationships a lot more intentionally. Also, we won't date somebody who is whorephobic. And of course, that does weed out a lot of people. It makes the selection quite small. However, even if I wasn't a sex worker, I would not want to date somebody who is whorephobic. You know, it really kind of like it, it narrows down my options in a positive way because I'm not interested in investing time and energy and emotion in someone who has stigma against sex workers or doesn't see sex work as work. I feel it's a blessing to be a sex worker in some respects because it means that I know how a a partner feels about women very quickly and all women because I think that sex workers are definitely the most marginalized women in the world I think to any civilian women if you want to work out very quickly what type of respect your potential partner has for women find out how they feel about sex workers you will find out very quickly there's various feminist texts that talk about how people's reactions and society's reactions to sex workers really demonstrates their reactions to all women and that's because sex workers Uh, we embody so many traditionally masculine traits. We are financially independent. We have sex on our own terms. All of these traits, which are traditionally reserved for men, when occupied by a woman, all of a sudden become threatening. And women, there's these ideologies that women will never be able to be liberated in their own sexualities as long as sex workers are demonized for creating boundaries of who, what, where, and when, you know, accesses our bodies and creating our own terms. Because when you think about it, really, the definition of a whore, a sex worker, whatever you like, is just someone who has created financial boundaries around their body Mm -hmm. and their time and their emotional labor rather than 
having sex for free and the idea that women's bodies are the natural property of men. Mm. We're saying, no, we actually are taking back this power and creating some boundaries around when our bodies are accessed. And I also feel one of the most beautiful things that has come to me from sex work is my friendship with Zuzu, but the closeness that we have is, is so special. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I don't feel like a heterosexual woman that I'm supposed to be out there deriving all of my emotional needs from a man. I have much more of a, how would I put it, like an organic tendency towards finding emotional support in this sort of sisterhood in women. Mm. As, <laughs> as hippie-ish as that sounds, as second-wave feminist as that sounds, I think it's this sort of ultimate, like it's a one, it's a one community of women that I feel actually look out for each other. Mm, definitely, because who else is going to look out for us if we don't look out for each other? Not the police. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think also, you know, we are both queer and queer women, and it does kind of help us, you know, I think queer communities are sometimes um, more accepting of sex workers. Sometimes. Sometimes, not all the time, but um, queers have traditionally also been a marginalized community, so I think that does sometimes make it easier. However, you know, both of us still also do date men, and when it comes down to finding a partner their attitudes about sex work really does just kind of filter out the garbage. I have to say, though, I don't think I ever told you about this, that I once went on a date with a woman mm -hmm. and I told her that I was, I did my soft come out where I say that I'm a dominatrix. Mm -hmm. And I then was subjected to about half an hour from a lesbian, this onslaught of extremely vile, whorephobic yeah. You know what? I've experienced Stereotypes. <laughs> I've experienced yeah. the same thing. I really, okay, I take it back. I don't think that. Yeah. I mean, of course, like sometimes in queer communities, there is more space for sex workers. Like that, that is like an intersection, I think, that occurs sometimes mm -hmm. in some bubbles, you know. However, I've also experienced total latent horophobia from women and men alike. And I also felt that it was like, you're not a real queer if you're like having sex with the man. And, um, then had like a follow-up message a few days later that was like, thank you. Like, oh, it's so great to meet a sex worker. And like, you're, ah, it was so patronizing. It makes me cringe just to think about it. That's why I think our relationship is so important, at least to me, because I feel like we do have such high standards. Of course, we come across and are faced with this kind of stigma, like pretty regularly, but we can always kind of go back to each other and just be like, yeah. How ridiculous was this, you know? Like it would be an, a, a different experience if we were like totally isolated, but just having each other and being kind of like um, committed to our values and building each other up and like each other's self-esteem. Like we don't, I I don't have time for that kind of, we these kind of conversations. We literally don't have time for it. No time. It's already just so. Life is short. Yeah, it's <laughs> just too cut time consuming. We're such busy ladies. We're busy ladies and um, yeah, we're also empowered and we know what we're doing and we've chosen to do what we do and we're happy doing it. So we just don't have time to. Pro tip to everybody, if people are asking you questions that make you like feel like crap, just like cut them out. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> There's no time for that. Yeah. And often even when people ask questions, 
Questions are always loaded with statements. They're loaded with statements. It's somebody saying a statement about you when they're asking a question. I've learned that the hard way. Yeah. I just was trying to like open the minds of people one person at a time. That's always like the baby hooker stage of yeah. like trying to save the world one drunken club conversation at a time <laughs> with a stranger. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, and another thing we were talking about is that, you know, most men in the world have used the services of sex workers at some point in some capacity, be it like they've seen an escort, they've gone to a strip club, or they've watched porn. I don't think there's any man left in this world who has not seen porn. Yeah, and yet a lot of men still can't imagine themselves being with someone or building a relationship with someone or a marriage or whatever with someone in this form of employment. And that says a lot about them. And like at the end of the day, it's prejudice. They don't consider sex work as work or they don't consider sex workers dateable and lovable. We're not interested in dating those kinds of people. And we're here to tell you we're still fine. We're not going to die alone. It's okay. We can have standards. We can pursue the kinds of relationships that we want. And there are people out there who accept and respect us. And I think if worst comes to worst, just you and I are going to be like the most like foxy 70 year old silver foxes cackling away talking about the good old days maybe even just you know um i'll propose to you and we'll be very happy and glamorous and am i getting proposed to on air oh my god (laughs) making me the happiest talker in berlin (laughs) i'm gonna have to plan something a little bit more um elaborate (laughs) more than this it can't be no it can't be done passively it has to be done like with All right, my expectations are high now. I've just talked about how high my standards are. Of course, exactly. I'm going to, like, hire a band. And um, anyway, (laughs) Um, so, yeah, we just kind of wanted to put it out there. If you feel like you're someone who can't emotionally handle dating a sex worker, like, if that would threaten you to your core, we just encourage you to kind of do some personal work um, and ask yourself whether you see sex work as work and like why like kind of challenge those feelings of ego that would prevent you from being able to respect your partner's employment I think it just comes down to at the end of the day that it's a sense of ownership over women's bodies Mm -hmm. that's deeply threatening Mm -hmm. all right Zuzu what are you looking for in a partner putting you on the spot (laughs) oh my gosh um what am I looking for in a partner I think that I am looking for somebody who I'm just fundamentally compatible with, um, who adds things to my life, whether it's like a kind of a different perspective or if it's just kind of some traits that I don't possess, like that's attractive to me. You know, I'm very ideological and um, emotional and I like having a partner that kind of brings me down to earth and is very kind of focused on the day to day and ultimately somebody who supports and respects me who I have great sex with. (laughs) Of course. um, What about you? I think the support and respect thing as well is so fundamental. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, this was something that a lot of people were, had their buttons, uh, their buttons were really pressed with my tweet that um, they couldn't imagine supporting someone's career if they were a sex worker. And you know, even I've, I dated someone once. I dated this guy who was, this was like prior to me really entering sex work. And I remember him telling me, you know, you could, you should, you should work at a strip club, but escorting, no, I don't think I would like that. So it's like, we've lived and we've learned. 
I think, you know, I've like dated people who have these ideas and I didn't respond to it properly at the time because I didn't, I hadn't really fully like worked out the, the horphobia and the weird sense of entitlement and ownership over my body in that statement. However, now as a independent businesswoman in my late twenties, that probably that conversation would go very differently now. I do also recall when I worked in the brothel that there were certain escorts that had boyfriends that were not comfortable with them doing certain things with clients like kissing Mm. and it was a really I would say abusive dynamic where they were trying to work out what were you doing at work and I think that a lot of people are threatened by this idea of just letting their partner work within their own comfort level at work. And trusting us. Yeah. Just trust us. It's unlikely that we're going to run away with a client because we haven't had a moment to actually be authentic necessarily with that client in a booking. So just trust us. And if we are in a relationship with you, it's because we want to be and it's an intentional choice, mm. you know. Mm, totally. Yeah, ask me what I want. <laughs> what you want in a relationship? Yeah. I did. Did you? Yeah. When? <laughs> like a second ago. Ah, oops. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what else are you looking for in a relationship? I think like what I'm looking for is very like the usual list that everybody would say. I think the most important thing for me would be that the, they're really funny and supportive and kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just... A compatibility. It's kind of like what everybody's looking for. It's kind of like we're just normal people. Weird. <gasps> yeah. Okay, so we're going to interview a good friend of ours who is currently dating a sex worker. They've been dating a sex worker for a couple of months, one of those old pesky sex workers. And um, we're going to be asking him how it has been similar, different, unexpected, surprising etc. Just to give you some perspective that there actually are people out there who date sex workers and who are confident and self-assured and... And it's pretty chill to be honest. Pretty chill. It's chiller than you'd think. So today we're here with Mark and uh, Mark is a friend of ours from Berlin. Hi Mark. Hey guys, hello. Ich grüße euch. Schön, dass ich hier bei sein darf. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Hey. And Mark lives in Berlin and is going to share a few thoughts about what it's like to date a sex worker. So um, how did you meet your current partner? Uh, we met uh, in a club, like very boring situation. Typical situation, going to a techno party, uh, sitting around, dancing and getting into contact with another person, I would say, yeah. Boring, typical situation in Berlin is meeting in a techno club. Um, So how did this person open up to you about doing sex work? Like, did they wait and tell you after they had established some trust or did they tell you straight away? No, it was like when we uh, talked, um, we like did this usual boring questions. What do you do? And all this crap, like it's always when you meet someone in a club or whatever. Um, and she 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 uh, said that she worked as a dominatrix, and so I knew from the first seconds that she was in the sex industry. Um, but she didn't tell me that she was like uh, working as an escort too. I think it was like f- a few weeks later when she told me when she had like more trust or like we got to know each other or whatever. She decided to 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 tell me this, and she did. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's something I do often. Also, is you start small. I tell people that I work in BDSM and then kind of 
open up because there is more stigma. Um, I think that full service sex workers experience more stigma than dominatrixes do. Um, so how did you feel when she told you that she was a sex worker? Uh, I felt like, okay, now I know what you do for work. That was what I felt like she told me and I knew what she did for work. And I think it was like a sign of trust if you tell someone what you do for work and not I just knew what she did for a living. I think she was participating in the sex industry and work, working with other human beings. That's what I knew then. So you didn't have any kind of complicated masculinist feelings or possessive feelings, jealous feelings about someone who you are kind of getting to know who is working as an escort? I assumed that if she told someone in the club she didn't knew that she had to face all this weird this distracting absurd questions like wow it's easy money you don't touch men you work as a dominatrix i should do this job all this fucked up weird assuming shit reproducing pictures people have about sexual work women or people participating in sexual work and so so i just took it and tried okay i hope i'm not like being rude or whatever if i just take it or whatever yeah because i didn't want to fucking be absurd and annoy someone. So it sounds like you were sensitive that you already kind of had an understanding that sex workers face a lot of stigma or curiosity and you were trying to not reproduce that, is what you're saying. Of course, how can't you? I mean, like growing up in, in Germany or growing up with, uh, like you you have to f face these things. You, you see like worst examples and you see people talking, you hear people talking about sex workers, you know how how families somehow t talk about sex work and assume to know stuff or like work colleagues or professors in the university, so-called intellectuals assuming and talking about scientific shit and never actually spoke to someone participating in the industry. So, hmm. yeah. It sounds like she's lucky to have someone who's already kind of sensitive to these things because they're not always, um, they're not always somebody's immediate reaction is to, yeah, think about these things. I, I think it's, it's yeah, but the thing like she should be lucky or sex worker should be lucky is like, it's, it's the, for me, it's the wrong approach because it's just people are too, people are weak and not worthy. And that's why they have pre reproduced shit and try to assume stuff. So it's shouldn't be a special thing. That's what I, what mm, I feel. Very true. Um, do you feel like it affects your relationship somehow, like her being a sex worker? Or does it feel different than dating a non-sex worker? Honestly, it makes a lot of things easier for myself like to talk about. If it's like personal, intimate, very intimate things like deep out of your heart. Yeah, sorry for my I sometimes miss like things in English. No, I you're get, doing great. When I get deep down and emotional things. But it's like, um, of course, it make, made, made some things easier to talk about. And it like... It's more honest. It's it's just on an honesty relationship, like not pretending or whatever. Because I would hate to do it, but that's how how like modern modern relationships always start or whatever. People pretend to be cool, pretend to be hard or whatever, like pretend to achieve goals, and it's just not like this. It's just being honest somehow mm. from the beginning. That's what I liked about it. And do you feel like it affects your sex life somehow? Um, it does make my sex life on one hand very like easier or I can be more open-minded it's like you don't want to be put your sexual passions or things you have on your mind on people that's always what I don't want to do like be rude or like but it, it makes it just easier to um to be on the same to be on the same level and to be rational somehow with sexuality 
not in a weird on a weird level but just be like take sexuality like what it is like realistically think, realistically yeah yeah somehow mm. it's exactly what it is like yeah um do you ever get jealous i wouldn't say i get i mean uh, like i never was jealous in relationships because um i think it's just like it sounds trivial but it's just making things hard to work and i'm not it, it makes them it makes life harder and you can't enjoy life when you're jealous like and it's about possessional possessional uh, dynamics which when they occur always turn out bad in some some directions and why should i be jealous like it's it's what she does for for a living and it's like i couldn't be jealous if i don't know would i be would i would i be jealous if i would date a pastor or whatever and she would like take care for other people and would be there that's i don't know that's how i feel it sometimes like it's very progressive thinking and um finally do you feel there are benefits to dating a sex worker i think it gets uh first benefit is like honesty and being able to communicate honest i, I mean it sounds trivial but i'm repetitive with it but it's like a big thing for me and some people don't have the strength to be honest or to talk about themselves or whatever and it made my myself more confident and i think it put stuff on my mind which actually i assumed was like this but now it's like more on my mind like for example like stigmatization society things i just get a deeper deeper um view of these things because I'm dating someone who actually participates in sex industry somehow. Interesting. Thank you so much for sharing today. Um, we did not actually feed Mark these answers. <laughs> he came up with them by himself. Um, and yeah, there you have it. That's a perspective from somebody dating a sex worker. So thank you for listening to this week's episode. Thank you for having me, guys. And listen to those two wonderful ladies. You should be praised to be able to. Tschüss. All right, that's us for this week. Thank you for listening. If you want to find more of us, you can follow us on Twitter. My Twitter is at Cleo Constantine. So that's at C-L-E-O-C-O-N-S-T-A-N-T-I-N-E. Mm, and my Twitter is at Zuzu Gabrielli. So at... Uh, Z-U-Z-U-G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-I. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Business or Pleasure, edited by Christo Pekarainen, theme music composed by James Trottier, and executive produced by Susie Kalik for Zinge Network, S-I-N-G-E Network.com.